You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. Hats, Tats, and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at www.bicbp-radio.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Stats, and Stats podcast. I am EZD, and I am flying solo today. Unfortunately, the rest of the cast and crew of Hats, Tats, and Stats was MIA or busy this week. Uh, trust me, I understand. It is a long, long time uh, between Ben's internship and Nick working, myself working, Austin having nine jobs and a baby on the way, and half the time we're not even sure where T-Wave is. So, uh, you know, it was a struggle to get get guys this week, but I'm going to hold it down for you. We are kicking off our NFL divisional previews. I'm going to apologize in advance. I don't plan on doing these alone very often. Uh, had a little bit of a scramble trying to find someone to do it with me. Couldn't f- quite figure that one out. So I apologize, guys. I'm going to be doing this myself, but I'm going to try to keep it quick and to the point. Uh, probably this will be probably one of the quicker episodes. In regards to the uh, divisional previews, but uh, you know, and we're going to start with probably what, in my opinion, is the least interesting division in football. Uh, we are going to start with the NFC South and the Bucks, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons. Now, when we did these last year, we kind of went through every single move that was made, everyone that was signed, everyone that was lost, and blah blah blah. And it kind of got monotonous. It kind of got mundane. So uh, we're going to change up the format a little bit this this year. And what we're going to do is we are going to basically just break down who we, where we think these teams are going to finish, and then their biggest loss, their biggest add, and the biggest X factor going into their season. Um, and so, without further ado, you heard at you're going to hear at the back end of the show. We are sponsored by Buffalo Freddy Enterprises. Visit them online www.buffalofreddy.com or. 716-4-FREDDY, that is 716-4-FREDDY for all your party rental needs, chairs, tents, bounce houses, slides, that he's got a t-shirt cannon I saw on Facebook the other day, my man is tearing it up and doing cool stuff, so give them a look if you're looking to throw a summer party the rest of the way, as long as weather provides, or if you have an indoor spot that can, you know, needs it or has, or has room for those things, tear it up, give them a call. Uh, without further ado, we're going to dive into the NFC South, and uh, I'm going to go from the bottom up here, so I project that the bottom feeders of the division are going to be the Falcons. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. First and foremost, the obvious is they don't have a quarterback. Um, They were kind of in shambles last year, and they really haven't done a ton to put those pieces back together. Uh, Their biggest loss, in my opinion, is Matt Ryan to Indy. Uh, A lot of people think that Ryan is washed up. He's old. He's outdated. He doesn't have it anymore. I mean, we're going to find out. We're going to find out going to a team – uh, that maybe is a little bit more put together than than the Falcons are. But uh, I think Matt Ryan still has a little bit left in the tank and would not be surprised to see him have at least a, a better year in Indy than he had in Atlanta. And I'm sorry, when th- there's just no replacing a guy like that. Uh, you know, you Matt Ryan may not have been able to win the big one, but he, uh, you know, he's still better than most. Um, you know, he, I'm st- you're probably still talking – Top 15, maybe, uh, depending on who you're talking to. But uh, I'd, I'd, I would actually be intrigued if I were to actually make that list to see where he would fall. But I think he uh, he's better than average. Uh, 
you know, even in his waning years here. And the bottom line, he's better than anyone else they have on the roster at this point. So that's a huge loss for them. Their biggest ad was resigning uh, Cordell Patterson and drafting a first-round wide receiver in Drake London. Uh, he's going to pair really well with Kyle Pitts. Both are big physical guys. They're, um, London gets compared to Mike Evans quite a bit because of his size, his basketball background, whole nine yards. And uh, But the big question there is, I mean, I don't care who you have running routes and who you have going out there, which right now um, – you know, Drake's going to be on one side. They're going to Brian Edwards, who couldn't find much to do of anything in Vegas. And then a guy whose name you can barely pronounce with Kyle Pitts. And then the answer right now is Marcus Mariota is currently sitting top of the depth chart. And then Desmond Ritter, uh, another th- third-round quarterback. I mean, I don't see many third-round quarterbacks coming in and starting day one. And the ones that do probably don't do very well. And then you have Felipe Franks behind him, uh, which the answer is who? Yeah, right. Uh, There's a very good reason all of those right there are why, you know, Atlanta is very easily the de facto fourth route for fourth place team in this division. You know, they they could find a way. This this division always finds a way to beat each other for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, I just, they, they always find a way to figure it out against one another and then. Uh, against everybody else, you know, the Falcons found a way to be, I think they were close to 500 last year in, in one way or another, and God knows how, but yeah, they, uh, I mean, I, I just, uh, who's who's playing quarterback there? Who, who worth their salt is taking snaps? Because Marcus Mariota at one point went to the Raiders and went, I'm, I'm content being a backup. I'm sorry, that's not the guy I want leading the helm. That's not the guy I want under center. I mean, he showed flashes when he got to play, but I mean, we're talking about a dude who, when you get like Derek Carr was kind of in some hot water at one point. And I think Derek Carr is a possibly even a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. But at one point he was, you know, struggling a little bit and there were some questions. He got a little banged up and, you know, so they, when they went and got Mariota who had just lost his starting job to Tannehill in Tennessee, they were like, okay, here's a guy who might push and push for a job. And he came, I was like, I'm good being number two. Bro, it's not Blue Mountain State. You're not getting trickle-down trickle bangs here. You're an NFL quarterback. You're getting bangs regardless, but that's beside the point. Talked to my man Zach Wilson about that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they're, they're, it just this, this quarterback room doesn't do it for me. A third-round QB isn't the answer. A, a, a former first-rounder who has shown nothing close to what he, I mean, aside from the most iconic touchdown pass to himself you've ever seen hasn't really done a whole ton I don't know I just don't I don't see this them doing a whole lot here and there's a very good reason why now this one might surprise some people my third place team in this division is going to be New Orleans now I know I know I'll get to that all right the Saints last year got by a lot because of their because of Marcus uh Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan. Their defense kept them in games. They beat Tampa at least once, if not twice. And I mean, they've got solid pieces all around. Michael Thomas comes back. They just got they just got 
Jarvis Landry from Cleveland, and they drafted Chris uh, Olave. That's a big deal. I mean, that bolsters that room. They also picked up Terry Mathau to replace Marcus Williams in the back in the secondary. That's big too. Those are big deals. They lost Terran Armstead to Miami, one of the better tackles in the league. They replaced him with a rookie. And I'm pretty sure Penning, Penning I believe, was the one who uh, was kind of the de facto like run-blocking tackle out there and has, but has trouble with, you know, has some trouble with, with pass rush. Well, guess what? It's a passing league. Yes, you have a, a great one-two punch. Now, granted, they were probably a lot better the first time they played together. But when you're talking about Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, they do well. They do okay, bare minimum. And so this guy can block for them. But when <laughs> when you got to block for to pass when you're playing in a passing league against teams that are going to try to put points on the board, I don't know if I want a rookie who struggled with the pass, you know, with with pass setting, <laughs> being one of. I, I'm pretty sure he's playing. Like according to our lads, they've got him playing left tackle. That is not the guy you want protecting the blind side of your quarterback. Who and this is my X factor here: Can Jameis Winston stay healthy and effective, or are we going to see the Red Rocket Andy Dalton suiting up in the black and gold? Because I'll tell you what. Um, Dalton with the Bears last year, Dalton with the Cowboys the year before, this dude does just enough every year to keep getting a job, to keep having a shot, and to keep being in a backup in a position where he's probably going to get to play. I mean, Jameis gets banged up. He's, I don't, I don't know what it is, but he, he, just, he, get, he takes some hits. He gets banged up. Um, I want to see Winston do well. I really do. I think he can do well. I think he, I mean, last year we saw week one. I mean, he only threw for, he threw for less than 200 yards, but he had five touchdowns and, and he never really repeated that again. Um, and I would know I put a lot of stock in him in fantasy last year. Granted, having a full receiving core may help, which it, I mean, the, again, they went out and they got, they got him they got him guys. I still think Jarvis Landry's a talented receiver. We'll see what this Olave kid has, but you know, Michael Thomas, if he plays one of the best out there. So we'll see, you know, we'll see, but that's the X factor. There's James, can Jameis Winston stay healthy, stay on the field and be effective when he's out there. And if not, can Andy Dalton find the magic? I mean, this may be, uh, the bears defense wasn't great last year. The Cowboys defense has always been a sieve the last couple seasons. Um, I mean, so the last two teams he's played for, he has not had the backing of a solid defense. So this may be the best defense he's had. And this receiving room is pretty damn good. So if if Andy Dalton gets a shot, are we going to see a resurgence? Maybe a one-year wonder out of him? Who knows? Um, but I can tell you if Andy Dalton's got to take the field, the Saints are probably in, the Saints are probably hurting for at least a little bit here. Uh, and that's, I think Andy Dalton at some point is going to take the field. And I think that's what's going to spell the end for the Saints. As much as I want Andy Dalton to do well. Oh, excuse me. I've always liked Dalton. I've always been a fan. I think he. I think he's gutsy, but I just don't think at this point he's. I just don't think he's got it. And I, I would love to be proven wrong, but if he sees the field, I think that's going to be close to spelling the end of the end of the season for the Saints. 
And now we get to move on to easily, easily one of the most polarizing, one half of the most polarizing uh, news of the week (laughs) in the Carolina Panthers, who as of this recording, as things sit, I, I'm calling for a Panthers two seed in this division. I'm calling for the Panthers to edge out the Saints. Now, we all know the biggest ad here. The biggest ad is Baker Mayfield. And Baker, I I like Baker. I think Baker has talent. I think Baker got a really raw deal. This dude went out. He played pretty darn well. Uh, he did what he was asked. He, I mean, the term game manager kind of comes to mind a little bit. Um, you know, and then people don't want, when you're a first round pick, people don't want a game manager, but we're talking about a dude who has just absolutely elite play action skills. And you know where he went? He went to a team with a pretty solid one, two punch with Christian McCaffrey and Chubba Hubbard. So, uh, that'll be interesting to see how he goes there. That play action is going to be huge for them. The biggest problem is who's he throwing to Robbie Anderson, doesn't really know if he even wants to be there right now. Uh, DJ Moore, I mean, he flashes here and there, but nothing fantastic. I, I mean, they got Terrence Marshall listed as their slot. They got Andre Roberts in the you know on the depth chart there, and they got I mean, Rashard Higgins, Brandon Zystra, Keith Kirkwood, C.J. Saunders, Shai Smith, and then four undrafted rookies down there on the depth chart in the four and five spot in all those spots. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, there's not a whole lot of talent there. Moore is good, but when he, I mean, he can't be your number one. Again, Robbie Anderson, I think uh, Robbie Anderson could be a solid player, but again, he, he doesn't even want to be there. He, yeah, I mean, we're talking about a dude who, when it was Sam Darnold, he was like, ah, I might retire. And then they got Baker and he was like, damn it. (laughs) <laughs> like, like we're literally sitting here talking about a dude who was like, I don't know. Our quarterback situation is not good, blah, blah, blah. And then there was rumor of Baker Mayfield. He's like, I don't want to do this at Baker Mayfield's here. And then the news broke. Panthers traded for Baker Mayfield. And Robbie Anderson was like, that's it. That was the tweet. Just awesome. Love it. Uh, so that's going to be <laughs> really, the, that's going to be one of the big X factors there. Um. Iki Iquanu, yeah, Iquanu, Iki Iquanu, offensive tackle, first round pick, uh, big spot there to help out whoever's playing quarterback. And really, so the, I mean, the big loss here for the Panthers was Hassan Reddick going to Philly. And I don't know if you really, I don't know if you really replaced him. But, and here's the thing this defense. This defense for the Panthers was quietly very good, especially early in the year. Now, they I think they finished they finished pretty solid in yard and like defensive yards allowed, uh, like top. I think memory said they may have been second. I'm not going to take the time to look this up. I'm not going to pause and look it up and everything. I just I don't have. But I it, they're. I'm going to, I'm going to say they were top 10. I'm going to go conservative and say they were top 10 in yards allowed. They were 21st in points. Now, what does that tell you? 
as a, you know, as, as a statistician, that's not a word. I know I said it intentionally. Um, like being able to read and understand stats that tells me you didn't give up a ton of yards, but you gave up the 21st most our 21st, you were 21st in points. However, you want to say that, well, that tells me that your offense was pretty anemic. Well, Darnold got banged up. The legend of PJ Walker didn't do much for you. Teddy Bridgewater, I believe was there. Was he there? Was he there last year? I think he was there last year. They just couldn't keep their quarterback on the field. Oh, and then Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Chubb Hubbard looked good. And then he got banged up too. Uh, so then it was, you know, all kinds of people that, you know, you barely heard of, if you've ever heard of them, running the ball. So uh, Baker, I think, greater than Sam Darnold, in my opinion. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I think Baker Mayfield's the better of the two. I think he gets the automatic nod to be the, the you know, QB1 there. And... I just think that's because Darnold didn't do enough in his time on the field last year to say, I am the de facto starter. I think right now, as of today, Baker's number one until proven otherwise. And it's so it's can the X factors here are can Baker play and can McCaffrey stay healthy? I think those two in the backfield together could be really, really good, you know, because McCaffrey brings more to the game. Uh, I think Nick Chubb does well. But I think he's more of a north-south running back. I think he's more of a traditional old-school running back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. They all can. That is part of the game now. Uh, but when you talk about an actual legitimate threat, no matter where he is on the field, McCaffrey is hard to beat. If you line him up in the slot, you have to cover him with somebody who can actually cover because he can actually run routes and he can actually catch. You know, I, I used to joke around all the time last year about the Bills. You know, you see, see them come out in some of these personnel packages and you've got um, you know, Zach Moss lined up to the, to the high side of the field and the sidelines as your, as your far split wide receiver. And there's times like he takes three steps and is doing jumping jack because no one is looking at him because no one thinks he's getting the ball. You don't get away with that with McCaffrey. You just don't, they don't just lose that dude out there. Uh, you can line him up anywhere you want on the field and he can be dangerous. And if he can stay healthy, I think him and Baker can have a really good season together. Uh, again, the, the big issue here is that he doesn't really have receivers to throw to nowhere near. I mean, then again, he didn't have a whole ton to throw to last year with OBJ being, uh, not wanting to play them being traded. Uh, he's actually had a better passer rating without OBJ and better stats without OBJ on the field. So who knows, you know, he's that guy who maybe he can, you know, maybe you get guys coming downfield trying to slow the running game down and the play action game can can beat you up top and then it opens the running game back up again who knows i i think it's possible though and i think the panthers be having a sneaky good defense if their offense could be more efficient this year i really really do believe that they could sneak to the, the two seed here um and really like i like losing hassan riddick sucks he's a talented player but i don't think he's i He's not that, oh my God, you lost your quarterback, right? That's, there's very few positions that are like that. You know, losing your, losing a de facto number one receiver, a top five receiver in the league, you'd be like, oh, that sucks. You know, losing a linebacker, it hurts, but uh, you're not, you're not chalking up your entire team and your entire uh, chain of success on that one. So I really do believe you see a, a sneaky Panthers team get to the two seed here. And, uh, at the end of the day, and this shouldn't be a shock to anybody, but this is the Bucks division still. Um, the biggest news, the biggest ad, it's not even an ad. It's Brady retired and the un- unretired. 
that is not an addition. That is luck. I mean, that is, that is flat out luck. But when you, and I mean, let's talk about the story there. So Brady retires, then he ends up unretiring. Then there a rumor comes out that this dude is like, he, he had this like weird plan where he was going to buy into ownership with the dolphins, get Sean Payton to come and coach the dolphins and then unretire to sign himself as a dolphin. Like, and listen, if he did that as a bills fan, I would cry. I would be upset because now you're talking about one of the, a great offensive minded head coach, which by the way, uh, the lack of Sean Payton with the saints is another, another reason I have them down, but that's here nor there. Um, like this whole coup of taking over the dolphins essentially didn't happen. Um, it somehow was the whole thing was tied to the bill Belichick accidentally texting Brian Flores instead of Brian Dable congratulating him about the job and the whole thing like spooked people in Miami about the whole thing and they bailed on it. So he unretired and now he's back with the box whatever <laughs> it's, it is what it is. Uh, the biggest loss here, there were, there were like, and this is just as of right now. So, uh, Alex Kappa, their guard, one of their guards went to Cincy. OJ Howard went to Buffalo. OJ Howard wouldn't hurt as much, but Gronk has officially retired. Rob Gronkowski has officially said, I'm done. I'm hanging him up. We'll probably see him on WWE television sooner rather than, rather than later contesting for the 24 seven title or maybe him and Logan Paul and Pat McAfee will all get together and create a stable that who knows it will eventually rival the bloodline or something. If you're a wrestling fan and you understood that good for you, if not just understand it, like Gronk's not playing football. Gronk said he's done. And Gronk has come out and said, even if Tom Brady calls, he's not playing, he's done. He's calling it a career officially. Um, so that one hurts now with Howard also going to Buffalo. And as it like as it stands right now, Richard Sherman and Dominic and Sue and Jason Pierre Paul. Now, granted, they're all a little bit older. They're all a little bit higher on their uh you know, in the the age of things. But uh, you know, as of right now, none of them are under contract, amongst a few other players. But uh so that you know, that that's really those are losses. I mean, JPP, he's still, you know, as good once as he ever was. And Dominic and Sue still pretty dominant up the middle. Richard Sherman, you know, later in his career here playing kind of a slot corner kind of guy, does pretty well doing it. Not great. And he did get hurt last year, I understand that. But still, um, you know, they brought him in for a reason. They brought him in. Bare minimum, he's a smart player. And we talked last week on the show about how you don't always need to be the most athletically gifted if you're an intelligent player and you can get to a spot, you can read things before they happen. You know, that intelligence can make up for lack of athleticism. And, you know, Sherman's a very smart guy. I love him or hate him. You may not like him. You may have opinions on him for whatever reason. That's on you. That's not for me to uh, judge or discuss. But, you know, Sue is a ta- or not Sue. Uh, Sherman is a talented and intelligent player. So uh, the biggest X factor here is Tom Brady. Always has been, always will be. You know, I mean, they spent their two second round picks in the trenches. And really the hope here is that Tom Brady can keep being Tom Brady. He's still got that receiving core together. I mean, he's still got Evans and Godwin. He's got Russell Gage. Um, 
you know, our lads has Scotty Miller listed down the list. Scotty Miller is going to be a bigger part of this offense. Uh, I think you're going to see Burchard Perriman kind of catch up there a little bit too. But I mean, we're like just Evans, Godwin, Gage, and Miller right there in a four and, you know, in kind of an A set, you know, standard shotgun set, gun ace, whatever you want to call it. You know, I mean, these guys, this is what we're talking about here. This, this is this is what they're doing. This is where they're going. Uh, they replaced, they, so they lost, um, Jesus, Ronald Jones, replaced him with, with Richard White, a third-round pick. Third-round pick running backs, great value there. Uh, Leonard Fournette, he's Leonard Fournette. We'll see. I mean, he's probably, I'm going to guess he's probably just on the, let's see here, he's 27. He's on the wrong side of 26, bound to be slowing down. And, you know, so you got a third-round running back hoping to pick up the slack there and see what he can do. You also got Kishon Vaughn, Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard, and Kenyon Barner. Um, there's So there's depth there, but nothing crazy. You know, you're still looking at a pretty talented and or a pretty talented defensive front here with William Golston, Akeem Hicks, and Vita Vea. So even if Ndamukong Zoo doesn't come back, you picked up, you know, you got Logan Hall in the draft, so you're hoping a second rounder does well there. You still got Devin White and uh, Levante David. You still got Shaq Barrett. I mean, <laughs> this this team is solid. All up cross, you know, Antoine Antoine Winfield Jr. I mean, these guys are just good, you know. And this is going to be their division. It's their division to lose, and it, it will be for at least one more year. As long as Tom Brady is in this league and playing for Tampa, this is Tampa's division to lose because I don't see anybody really contesting them all that hard in the next year or two. Um, you know, be it'll be at least this season, definitely this season. Nobody's nobody's coming close, uh, barring barring catastrophe in Tampa. So uh, I got the Bucks first, Panthers second, Saints third, Falcons fourth, kind of rounding out the uh, the bottom of the barrel there. And uh, I know if I had Big Diesel and both claim Ben on today, they would be very ecstatic about some of the uh, first round picks, or not first round, some of the free agency on the, uh, you know, going around. So I'm going to see here. Let's see. Uh, Eric Comrie got two years, 1.8. Um, solid, solid in his small, his small sample size as a starter as a goalie for the Sabres, but. Solid numbers, um, you know, so talking with UPL, Comrie, and Anderson as the Sabres' three goalies for next year. Ilya Labushakin, two years, two and two and a half for a defenseman. Um, I, you know, just they're, the, 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 boys are, the boys are pumped about the Sabres' offseason so far. They're doing well. They're doing decent. You know, you're not going to get a huge splash signing right now because – we're one or two more years away from getting that big guy that wants to come here and play and be part of it. That's another story for another time. Uh, I will let those boys fill that in and talk more about the Sabres draft next time I have either one of them on, uh, which I do plan on. And we're going to get we're going to get T-Wave back in. We're going to get T-Wave back in the fold here. Uh, summer's pretty busy for him. He's been doing some traveling. And then when he travels, he's got to do some play some catch up at work. So we'll uh, we'll find time to get him on a mic and get him in here and talk. Uh, bare minimum, we are closing. We are closing in on our 100th episode. If memory serves, this is. I think this is 96. I'm going to double check real quick for you guys, but I, I think we're on episode 96. And if that's the case, I'll tell you what. We are closing in on the century mark here, and the century mark we plan. I plan 
on having a big deal for you guys. I plan on having the, oh, this is 95. So I plan on having for the 100th episode, a live Facebook stream with all five of the hosts, possibly even six, if I can talk, uh, the OG, one of the OG hosts, Matt Taylor out of retirement for a day. Let's just talk about the, uh, the AFC East, our Buffalo bills, the Patriots, the dolphins and the jets, and, uh, maybe even do a little round table, debate discussion we'll see what we have we'll see what the boys want to do but we'll go from there um all that being said guys i this was a quick one solo episodes are tough i'm talking to myself and no one really to bounce things back and forth on so i'm going to wrap it up about here hat stats and stats part of the bicbp radio network www.bicbp-radio.com you can find us on spotify apple podcast google podcast amazon music and anywhere else you get your podcast from like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends, find us on Facebook, Hats, Stats, and Stats Podcast, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HTS underscore pod. Again, like, follow, share, subscribe, tune in every week for a brand new episode of your Championship Caliber Pro Sports Podcast, Hats, Stats, and Stats, on behalf of myself and all my co-hosts who could not be here today. Thanks for tuning in, and go Bills. The weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here, and Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4-FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast.